Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. Welcome to episode three, the power of self-love and self-care. This is going to be a pretty big episode, Tara. I think we both have so much to say on the topics of self-care and self-love. Yeah, definitely. And that self-love really takes us to a deeper place than self-care. And I think they can be really confused. Yeah, totally. And I think that is made more difficult by the fact that the phrases self-care and self-love are thrown around so much and we see it all of the time in marketing um, that, you know, self-care and self-love is wearing a face mask in the bath Mm. and that's it. But really it goes so much deeper and it can be so much more confrontational and so much um, uglier than that image that is portrayed to us really. Yeah, and why this subject is so important to M&I is that in natural healing modalities, self-love is really that central aspect of healing. And yeah. especially in Ayurveda, uh, we see the disease state as oft- is often a lack of self-love. And that is really including a lack of caring for our own self and our own physical body. And you know, that isn't, that isn't taught. Um, and so that's why I'm really excited to like unpack this more. Yeah. I think I love what you just said. If we don't love ourselves, we can't care for ourselves and then our health is going to suffer. And not only our physical health, um, you know, both of us being holistic health practitioners, we look at health on every level. So yes, physical, but then also the mental, the emotional, um, the environmental, the spiritual. I think therefore not only does health need to encompass that, but therefore all of our self-love and self-care practices really need to encompass all of those levels as well. Yeah. And self-care is about, you know, fixing what is out of alignment in our lives and that is sometimes really challenging to do and it's about having that space and that honesty with ourself like you've mentioned em on that emotional uh and mental level and Mm -hmm. and really going deep with this so we can cultivate that state of um self-respect for ourselves and self-acceptance and then you know self-love like these are all elements of the um, overarching self-love yeah yeah self-love is going to come from self-respect and self-acceptance and i think it's really hard to have self-love or self-care if we don't even really know who we are we don't know ourselves. we don't have that relationship with ourselves. you know we, when we love and care for others it's usually because we know them in some way shape or form if we don't have that connection with ourselves, I think it's really hard like I said to love and care for yourself if you don't know who you are who you want to be what you're about what you stand for what legacy you want to leave in the world what you value and whether you are leaving those values and and those priorities. And I think that, yeah, like you said, having care and respect for yourself is going to help to reconnect you to those core values and to yourself and to your purpose. But you have to have some idea of who you are as well to be able to nourish yourself on every level, I think. And without that, it's really going to be very hard to love yourself. Definitely. So cultivating that relationship really um, with ourselves and 
And that's what I love about Ayurveda and Vedic astrology is there's part of it that is really about that self-discovery and that self-mastery through the archetypes. And it really allows you to, yeah, get to know yourself, Uh, especially we need to get past like our society conditioning on telling us how we need to be or should be or what we should be doing. And yeah, really going deep on this. And, and like you say, Em, it is really a, a journey. It, it's a, it's a self-discovery journey. And I really feel like it's a self-love journey and discovery, like rediscovering like who we are. So it has this huge, like emotional and spiritual level to it. So I consider self-love and spirituality to go hand in hand. Totally. I think spirituality at the end of the day is believing in something, having something to believe in. And I think if you don't believe in yourself already, there's that kind of spiritual disconnect. Mm. And I really love as well, Tara, what you said about the journey thing, because we were talking before about the fact that self-love is really, um, I guess, embracing that relationship with yourself. All of our relationships throughout our life are going to consistently grow and develop and change and we're we're aware that we need to constantly work on those relationships Mm -hmm. and I think that the relationship with ourselves is going to constantly grow and develop as well and so I don't think we should look at self-love as an end result Mm -hmm. but a a lifetime journey really Mm -hmm. um and obviously we can kind of harness that self-love along the way, but we, we want to make sure that we're maintaining that and self-care practices are a great way to do that. Yeah, definitely. I love what you say. And it's that commitment It's the commitment to that self and the devotion to the self. And, and this is what, you know, part of self-care is it's showing on a physical level that devotion to the self, which is very important as well, but just understanding that there's so many other layers that involve that we just don't want to focus on that physical level. Um, but understanding that, yes, that is very much a part of it, but we really want to, like you say, cultivate this relationship with ourselves every day. And that's when that self mastery piece comes in understanding that, Uh, and giving ourselves that compassion, like as well, um, compassion that one day we may be feeling gray on top of the world and our, our mindset might, you know, be, um, really clear. And then on other days, um, you know, we might stumble and really having that, you know, like you would your best friend, um, having that compassion towards ourselves is, is part of building that. Um, relationship so we are becoming our best friend and our biggest cheerleader yeah I love that and like you said we're all going to have good and bad days and we explored in episode one the cycles and as witches we know that we do really embody and embrace those cycles and so we know that hormonally and with the moon we are constantly changing and I think part of that self-love is that self-acceptance knowing that we're not always going to feel on top of the world and kind of being okay with that because I think a big part of self-care you know that image that we get projected of the face mask in the bath I think that actually self-care to help to get us to that self-love point I think that self-care is actually sometimes really ugly and it can be really uncomfortable and really confrontational mm. and embracing that ugly side, mm. I think is self care. Yeah. Ultimately. And what I'm hearing there is that self-awareness. Um, yes. um, so being self-aware and being honest with ourselves and understanding what is it that we need in this moment to care for ourselves and yes sometimes like you say it can be ugly so having you know having the space to think about this so when you're in that moment knowing what the the best choice for you is and what the options are 
has really helped me on my journey. Definitely. Absolutely agree. And I think one other thing that I, I kind of, um, that always comes to mind when thinking and talking about self-care is the idea that self-care isn't selfish. And I feel like that Mm. is a, a phrase that is also thrown around quite a lot. And, you know, those sayings that you can't fill from an empty cup and you should always put, you you know, your own mox, um, your own oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. I think that, though, they are really important um, things to consider because we're talking a lot about here relationships and relationship with yourself. And I think that you and I and a lot of our clients are the kind of people to care for others. You know, mm-hmm. we are both people who care for other people, that is why we do the jobs that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think this reminder that self-care is not selfish, that by improving your relationship and your respect and your compassion towards yourself actually helps you to have better space and more space and capacity to then be able to offer that same compassion and respect and care for someone else as well. Yeah, I totally agree, Em, and I love that. And that is why, yeah, setting yourself up first with what you need and then being able to give from that place, it is so important. Yeah. Shall we talk a little bit more about some of our favorite ways and and what we've found really has worked and not worked for us in terms of cultivating self-love. Yeah, definitely. On my journey or my, my self-love journey, I really started treating my body, you know, as a temple and giving it the nourishing food Um, And being really mindful and seeing food as a nourishing element and how that is not only going to help me physically, but emotionally as well, because it's all interrelated. So that was, that was a big thing for me. And I think, again, that comes from the respect thing, doesn't it? It's like, you think about someone who loves cars and they are going to put the most expensive petrol into their Mm. car, the most flashy oil. They're going to use, you know, these amazing, very expensive cleaning products regularly on their car. I mean, that plays a car. Mm. (laughs) What are our bodies? Like what are we fueling our body with? What are we nourishing our body with? What are we putting onto our body how are we moving our body? But also, again, with that self-awareness um, thing, what kind of um, red flags or niggles are kind of presenting in our body to make us realise that within the temple maybe something is out of alignment maybe we need some help to get things back on track? Yeah, I think it's really important to not ignore those signs and like we said to really treat your body as a temple and and really respect it yeah that's what it is and it's really respecting and um treating it in that way and yeah so I think that's it's so important um to have that nourishing aspect totally I think another massive game changer in the self-care self-love realm for me has been establishing boundaries and that idea of um jomo um the joy of missing out as opposed to fomo the fear of missing out i think that is something uh, yeah for me that was massive and i'll be honest it took me a really really long time to learn that i can actually remember I reckon it would be at least five years ago now reading that book um, by Sarah Knight, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. It's one of my favourite books. I enjoyed it so much at the time and I related to it so much at the time, but it did actually take me another couple of years to really start to put those ideas into practice. And for those of you who haven't read Sarah's book, it's basically presents the idea that we've got a certain number of fucks to give in a day, week, month, etc. And where do we want to spend those? 
where do we want to give those? And I realized that I was saying yes to a lot of events and spending time with a lot of people that really um, didn't make me feel good. And I suddenly started to wonder, like, why was I saying yes to these things that actually maybe saying no to them could be more joyful? Yes, I love that. I'm a big fan fan of um, the joy of missing out because I, in the last couple of years, have become super clear on yeah. really what I'm what I'm here to do, and I really evaluate before I do anything or say yes to anything uh, that it is in complete alignment to to yeah. who I am. And yeah, so the boundaries one has been a big one for me as well, Em, and that's boundaries with other people um, as well and their energy. Totally. And yeah, like... Very sensitive and that's part of who we are as witches, but I think also as health practitioners, we definitely have to make sure that we do maintain, maintain those boundaries that we're not taking on other people's stuff because we do need to maintain that self-compassion and that compassion for others at the same time. And I think that there is this fear with saying no, that we're upsetting someone or disappointing someone. Mm. And that can make it really scary to do that kind of fear of um, being rejected because we are trying to set up boundaries. But I think that it's really important to remember that saying no I mean, you don't have to be rude when you say no. (laughs) You don't have to someone by saying no, that there are ways that you can, you know, word your no and establish those boundaries. And even um, I remember seeing a therapist many years ago who taught me that you can kind of establish boundaries if you don't feel comfortable actually saying it. You can even start to kind of energetically set boundaries by kind of um, pushing with your hands and saying no sort of internally in your head. So it might not be something that you stand there and do in the middle of the office, but kind of um, setting up that space around you, you know, that safe bubble so that you feel more comfortable then to, yeah, be in, in control, I suppose. And like you said, be in alignment and act in alignment with your values and what's important to you. Mm, yeah, definitely. And even just verbally, the one that I like saying M is, um, that is not um, one of my priorities at the moment. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there are definitely, yeah, it doesn't have to be, um, like you say, in a rude way. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember again, that, you know, we were saying before with that um, self-care not being selfish saying no sometimes can be the most unselfish thing that you can do. Mm. If you are not going to be fully in alignment in this thing that you're saying yes to, then how is that going to benefit you or anyone else ultimately? Yeah. And this comes from like that people pleaser and I struggled for this uh, most of my life and so don't be fooled. This is, um, this is something that you can work on and this is something that you can cultivate and it grows stronger. Um, the more you understand who you are and what you value, I think it's so easy to, uh, go over your boundaries when you're not clear on what it is that you want, um, and what is important to you. So again, coming back to that self-awareness, And that self-mastery is just being so key in being able to set those boundaries. You mentioned before, Tara, the priority thing. And I think um, that, again, and we've we've talked a lot about relationships and and self-relationships, and I think that it's really important that we do setting and establishing boundaries from that self-protection and self-preservation point of view. I think it's also important to really um, prioritise those relationships that um, do benefit us. Mm. And that really includes the one with ourselves because we are the one constant in our life. We are the one relationship we're always going to have. And I think, again, kind of feeding back into that that boundary and, and saying no, that sometimes 
it can be really, really hard to do, but sometimes I think you need to find comfort in the discomfort of ending relationships that are not serving you. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, having those, you know, uncomfortable um, conversations sometimes is the best form of self-love. Yeah. And yeah, and sometimes, you know, that can be uh, a family member. Um, and Friend. again, yeah, and establishing those those boundaries and, and what you will and, and won't accept and... Yeah, it is, yeah, a really important one because, like you say, connection in our life is so important yeah. uh, We and our energy is so important. So we want to, to make sure that as much as possible the people that we surround ourselves with yeah. are, you know, are adding to like our higher vibrational state and, you know, really understanding okay, when I leave this situation, do I feel drained or do I feel nourished? And that is a really good way for our body to communicate to us. Okay, perhaps I wasn't establishing my boundaries um, on what, yeah, I was willing to to take on um, and accept. And to give as well, Mm. again, that idea of, you know, how much do we have to give and do we want to give everything to, yeah, that particular person who is leaving us feeling really drained and kind of leeching the joy and the life out of us, you know? Um, And again, I don't think that ending toxic relationships, yes, it's very hard. It's very uncomfortable. It's very ugly and vulnerable, but I think it is really important and it's respecting not only yourself but respecting that person as well ultimately yes and also having a look at the part that you play in that relationship as well because I really believe from a karmic perspective like relationships uh, have such a karmic connection with our soul's uh, you know evolvement so what lessons are, are you learning from it? Are you still being challenged by it in a way that it is soul growth or is it actually just damaging you? Because, mm. and again, there's that self-awareness around it and understanding the difference between those two is, is really key because, you know, taking a responsibility for how you're contributing to that potentially toxic um you know, um, situation. Yeah, absolutely. I think another really big lesson that I have learned, like very slowly, (laughs) slowly, but surely I hope, um, is one that Tara, you've always kind of, um, reminded me of, and that is the idea of, um, giving to yourself what you are seeking from others. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think you're a really good preacher of this, actually. Yeah, so when I was younger, I was I was really lucky because uh, my mom would always say to me, uh, you know, be your own best friend because I'd want to go do something and I'd be like, oh, but no one wants to do that because I like doing, like, <laughs> things that aren't the norm, right? And my mom's like, just go do it yourself. Like, yeah. you are your own best friend. Just don't – you don't have to wait for anyone to do something. You just yeah. go do it. And then most likely people are like, oh, yeah, that that's interesting. I'll come along with you. So I've always had this um, independence around that. Like whatever I am wanting from someone else, I always do that self-reflection on, okay, if I'm really wanting that of someone, where am I not giving that to myself or how can I give that to myself uh, yeah. has been – um, such a way to cultivate that, um, that self-trust and that self-reliance. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And you actually really empowered me recently. I love my own company and I find it really easy when I am not in my own environment to date myself and to go out for dinners by myself. Like I, love it. Like it's so much fun. And recently I really wanted to go out for dinner one night. I had had a really fun week. I think it was actually during a full moon 
time (laughs) and I was feeling really good and I really, really did not want to sit by myself that night. I wanted to go out for dinner and everyone was busy and I was like, right, Tara, (laughs) I really want to go out for dinner. I, I think I might go by myself. Is that weird? And you were like, no, go. <laughs> so I got dressed up. I did my makeup. I had a really nice dress on. Um, and I, yeah, I went out for dinner. And there was one second when I got there and I was kind of, um, I had book, made a booking and I got there and the person said, you know, oh, yeah, a table for Emily. How many of you are there? And I said, oh, no, it's just me. And they kind of hesitated for a second and I kind of hesitated and I was like, Oh God, am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I embarrassing myself? I had the best night. It was the best date that I have been on in so long. Um, I was literally sat there at the table with a witch book, (laughs) eating my dinner, enjoying a really beautiful glass of wine. Um, I just had the best time. It was so great. And yeah, I I gave myself that date night. And I think I was talking to some friends the next day and I told them that I went on a date by myself and they, I think they felt a bit sorry for me. They were like, oh my God, Emily, if you ever like that again, (laughs) no. And I was like, no, 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 I loved it. And you guys should all do it too. And I think they actually felt quite inspired then. So I got my inspiration from you, Tara. And then I've pass that on I love that I love that so much it's so empowering and you know what you showed yourself is that you can take up space and you deserve to have this space yeah so you know your soul is seeing like how you're prioritizing yourself and yeah that's that yeah I love it yeah and I think leading on nicely from that topic is um the language that we use with ourselves Mm. and that's talk and what we should and shouldn't be doing I think we all become quite wrapped up in that idea of should and the use of that word should Tara you and I both I think um kind of nicely tell off our clients who are using the word should a lot and I think there are a lot of a lot of them and especially women we should be doing this we should be doing that we shouldn't be doing this Mm -hmm. um and kind of starting to become aware firstly I think is important because so many of us are not aware until we get pulled up on it that we are using that word so much and I know one of my friends Alison she has called me up on this in the past. And since then I've become really hyper aware of when I'm using the word should, um, and kind of reframing that. Yes. I love this. I often say, uh, your word is your wand and you're actually constructing your, your word, uh, your world through your word and the energetics that we not only say to other people, but the dialogue that we're having within our own mind is really, it is creating our reality. Um, and this is why, yeah, those words like should, I like to reframe it and say, I get to, I get to do this. And just really being, like you say, and being mindful of the language that you're using. And this has been a big one in changing um, a lot of the energetics in my life because choosing the empowering words And especially if we're on a healing journey, using, using healing words. Yeah. And so I really love like the affirmations. I'm big into my mantras because they have so much resonance. They have so much power. Um, So yeah, I really invite you to be mindful of the language uh, that, that you're using and knowing um, you know, like spelling, casting spells, like it's yeah. all in our words. Totally. Yeah. Words are so powerful. I, I love words and I think that, yeah, they can evoke so many emotions and feelings. And sometimes that can be so subconscious. And again, that word should can evoke so much guilt in ourselves. Mm. Oh, I should be doing that. I'm not doing it. So I'm a bad person. I mean, you're not going to have 
you're not going to be able to cultivate self-love if you're feeling guilty and like you're bad because you should have done X, Y, Z. And instead, like he said, yep, I, I should, maybe I could be doing that, but instead I choose to do this. I get to do this. Um, yeah, I think totally right. And yeah, words have so much power. Yeah. And with uh, words as well, and I think another one that is really important is keeping promises to ourselves. And I, I really think this comes with the self-discipline piece and cultivating this relationship with ourselves is really uh, keeping those promises. So if we say something, if we make a commitment to ourselves, you know, like I'm going to get up early in the morning and I'm going to um, go for a walk or I'm going to do that yoga practice or get that meditation in and we wake up in the morning and we're like, oh, you know what? I didn't get the best sleep. You know, the ego starts making those excuses and before we know it, it starts eroding the relationship that we're having with ourselves. So these, these little decisions that we make that we don't think have such weight, they do. And so, yeah, I really want to encourage you to not only be mindful of your words that you use with yourself, but what commitments that you're making and promises that you're making with yourself. Because imagine you know, M, if I said to you, M, like, let's go out for coffee at 11 o'clock tomorrow at, you know, this place. And then, you know, like five minutes before uh, I was like, oh, sorry, I can't make it, (laughs) you know, and you're already there ready to go. And you would be like, well, I'm never going to make plans with, with Tara again, because she doesn't. And like, slowly we start uh, yeah eroding this relationship that we're building with ourselves. yeah and I think again if you were to do something like that obviously there's a huge lack of respect there and I mean obviously yes emergencies can pop up and maybe something awful has happened and you you've had to rush off and you can't make it but I think again the way you probably would word that would be different to I'm, I'm not coming full stop yes. <laughs> um and again, if you didn't want to come because I was a massive energy drain, you'd probably need to set nice boundaries <laughs> in a nice way. Um, but I think overall it's a respect, a respect thing and a lack of respect to me, but also probably coming from a, a lack of self-respect ultimately as well. Mm. And, yeah, I think sticking to your words is so important. And once you've, you know, cast that spell, made that promise, sticking to that. And obviously, yes, there are times when you're going to wake up in the morning and you want to listen to your body because it's struggling. And actually, I'm probably not going to be able to get through that vinyasa class this morning, but maybe instead I can do some journaling or, you know, something else that that feels good at the time. But I think, like you said, being careful that, again, with your words and your um, the words that you're using and the way that you're using them, not making excuses that are going to bring in, again, that idea of that should and then the guilt that comes from that as well. Yeah, because it's just an opportunity for us to disappoint ourselves. So let's remove that. And like you say, and that's a really good point in perhaps saying, you know, I really want to get some movement in in the morning. And then depending on how you're feeling, checking in with your body, what type of movement is going to be the most nourishing or what type of, you know, spiritual practice in the form of like mantras or meditation? Like, what do I need in this moment? And having these ready to go, you know, it might be just a journaling practice that is really going to help you in that, in that morning and understanding, you know, having that flexibility, like you say, so giving yourself, you know, setting yourself up for success. So you've got things to choose from, not giving yourself that um, decision fatigue in the morning and yeah, yeah, like having all those options. With ourselves as well on the flip side, not um, you know, planning our day to the five seconds throughout the day, because that is going to be really hard to stick to. And again, kind of setting ourselves up for a failure there. And how are we going to feel when we fail? Mm. Awful. And then the whole day is going to be ruined. Like, yeah, I think, and again, that self-respect, that self-awareness, that self-acceptance, 
um, really plays into things here. Mm. And I think another one for me um, is in my self journey has been really reframing any, and I use in quoted <laughs> um, brackets here, mistakes uh, that I've made um, and I really reframe, reframed them as opportunities for growth and, you know, taking ownership of, of potential mistakes or how I could have done things better and yeah, re- readdressing that. So I've used it as an opportunity to grow. What did I learn from that situation? Um, and yeah, always using it as a springboard of what I learned from it, what I would do different next time, how, how I could have handled that situation better and always bringing it back to that empowering piece. And yeah, coming back to forgiving yourself and having that self-compassion for when we don't get things perfect, when we don't get things right. And knowing sometimes that in hindsight, we can choose, you know, a better decision, but always going back to that moment in that moment when we made the decision, was it the right decision and giving ourselves that compassion that in that moment with what we knew, we made the best decision that we could. So I think that's a really important one in cultivating this self-love piece. Uh, I think um, I really love what you said there about um, taking ownership and that can be so confronting um, Mm. and really hard. But, yeah, like you said, we own our experiences and I think it's so important to, as they say, kind of see the silver lining and I guess that we can apply that to other areas of life when things don't go wrong and it's uncomfortable and really ugly I think trusting that there will be a silver lining because we can look back and look at, you know, that awful event that happened in our life and probably in hindsight being able to see how that has helped to um, grow us, help us to learn, um, help us to adapt. We've built strength from it, et cetera. But it's really hard it's really, really hard at the time that we're going Mm. through that to see the silver lining in it. But I think trusting and having faith that the universe has your back and there will be a silver lining from this and it might not be immediate. It might be 10 years down the track, but again, having, yeah, that opportunity to grow, I think is a massive silver lining. Yeah, definitely am always have. And then that comes back to that spiritual piece, like always um, trusting that my mom always used to say, um, you know, the universe is unfolding as it should. And yeah, so knowing that even if you're experiencing hardship and going through something um, that is really testing you, sometimes pulling back and you know handing it over to um like you say that that universal faith and knowing that and coming back to again that that connection with yourself and knowing and knowing that you can get through it and these challenges like in my life the the deepest challenges that I have had have actually helped me cultivate self-love because I know now that I can handle anything like I can yeah. handle anything and that's what you know the those dark um nights of the soul have taught me that yeah I've, I've got this and that yeah that strength that comes from the that deep self-strength that comes from these challenges Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think Tara and I really want to stress here that this is not a case of toxic positivity. It's not, you know, seeing yourself or a friend or anyone going through that really um, dark time, like you said, that really testing time and going, well, it's all going to work out well in the end. Mm. I think, yeah, it's having enough again, 
self-respect to, yeah, sit in that ugliness and that discomfort at the time, but then being able to look particularly in hindsight at how there has been a silver lining and, you know, I think both of us, we wouldn't be where we were today if those good and ugly times hadn't happened. They've shaped us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, yeah, I definitely agree with that and speak to that in, you know, really feeling where you are and honoring where you are. And because part of that healing process is about feeling it and isn't about bypassing it in any way. Like we need to feel it to heal it. Definitely. So I feel like that is such an important process. Totally. And not being ashamed to ask for help. And Mm. yeah. And I think that's, we really want to do an episode on, on asking for help generally anyway Mm. in the future. But yeah, I, I really love what you said about sitting with those feelings. And again, that can be really you know, something so challenging to do, but feeling it to heal it. Absolutely. Completely agree. Tara, something else I think that's been really pivotal on my self-love and self-care journey is um, that part of self-acceptance that you have taught me um, in shadow work. Mm. A little bit more about that. Yeah, so shadow work, which was coined by Carl Jung, um, the psychologist, and his work is really understanding the shadow part of ourselves, and that we all have a shadow side. And his whole work centered around understanding that shadow side and not pushing that shadow side away. Um, a lot of the time, a lot of our conflicts are projections of our shadow on other people. So this comes back to that uh, that self-mastery and understanding who we really are and looking and accepting the dark aspects of ourselves as well as the light aspects. And just like you, Em, this has been such um, – Uh, yeah, like such an important part of my um, self-love journey because um, not being ashamed of the dark side and understanding that it is, well, I in in my life has actually been my greatest strength and being Mm. able to integrate that. And, you know, that can be, um, you know, when we're not accepting things about our, ourself, that is the dangerous part when we do project it onto other people. And so, again, having that self-compassion, understanding our strengths, understanding our weaknesses. And then the biggest turnaround for me was when I understood my weaknesses, uh, it could never be used against me, M. like which was so empowering to me because I just owned. I like owned that I wasn't perfect that I have shortcomings and that is part of this human experience. Totally. As humans, there is no such thing as perfect. The perfect human doesn't exist. And if you think you are perfect, then you're probably ignoring that shadow self Yes. in some way, shape or form. And I think that probably the real... <laughs> what is really perfect is knowing that we are imperfect and Mm. embracing that. And like you said, finding the empowerment in being aware and acknowledging the flaws within ourselves because we're going to have flaws because we are human. Yeah. And I used to take this very personal and like I used to really, it used to take a lot of energy to like conceal like weaknesses that I had. Um, and I think that is, you know, once we become really honest and again, like once we really understand ourselves, like, yeah, like understanding that that's okay. Um, and yeah, just really embracing it. Yeah. I actually have an alter ego. So for those who <laughs> me, Tara definitely knows this about me. I am a perfectionist (laughs) naturally. However, that is something that I am constantly, um, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. I, I think that is a shadow part of me is the perfectionism. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, I totally feel you. I have spent the majority of my life trying to hide the fact that I am imperfect. Um, and in doing that, I think sometimes that can, um, really become difficult and exhausting for me because it's that inauthenticity Mm. by not living my, with my imperfections and my perfectionism and that alter ego, you know, building that awareness, you were just saying about building awareness. And for me, understanding that there is Emily and then there's perfect Emily Mm. and Emily is going to be constantly trying to be in control. And now I can, because I've built this self-awareness and this self-compassion, I can look at perfect Emily and I can listen to what she's saying and I can say, thanks so much, perfect M, but like not today. Mm. And yeah, I think that's, yeah. You know, if I'm being completely vulnerable with the rest of the coven, like that is, um, why my self love journey is an ongoing one because yeah, I do have flaws and they do sometimes make it difficult. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I love that aspect of you. Um, (laughs) balance each other out nicely. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely do. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I think that living authentically is another aspect of self-care that's really important. And like we said at the beginning of this episode, understanding who we are, what we value, what is a priority to us really does help us to live authentically at the end of the day. Yeah. And so what I like to get my clients to do um, is write a list of their values and become really clear. And I mean, write it down. Don't just do it in your mind, write it down and look at the words and then see how that is aligning to your day. If your number one value is health, and, you know, you're not prioritizing the nutrition that you're putting in your body or, you know, the movement that you're doing, you are being inauthentic, like to your soul. And so Mm. having those values, having them in front of you, and then it makes your decisions and how you move throughout your day uh, so intentional. Yeah, I agree. And for me, one of my biggest values is freedom. So Mm. when I'm living that perfect Emily persona that is complete in alignment Mm. like there is no perfectionism they the two do not go hand in hand even closely (laughs) so yeah guys pause this episode write down your values come back yes yeah (laughs) I would would love you to let us know I love I love knowing this yeah and then finally I think you know like we were talking about before, treating your body as a temple, as a self-care practice and grounding yourself, spending time in nature, um, meditating and, and breathing and building that um, sense of spirit and belief and that connection with ourselves but also with our soul. And I do want to say with meditation that I think, um, again, there is that image that, comes with meditation of you know levitating in the corner because you've meditated for the last 45 minutes in a row and for some people that's not what meditation looks like and that doesn't have to be what it looks like it's what works for you and Tara and I really want to get someone on to talk about meditation and breath work so stay tuned for that episode Mm. but yeah I think um you know you especially Tara one someone who really does um, kind of um, enforce in a nice way that importance of meditation and spiritual practice generally, I guess. Yeah. And so a big one for me um, on my self-love journey as well has been reframing self-discipline as self-love because for me, I need these um, disciplined practices uh, such as my spiritual practice that really connects me back to who I am, my intuition. And so I cultivate that every day. So in Ayurveda, we call this Dinacharya, which is the daily routine, which, you know, is all about connecting back to the body, mind and spirit. And so this is something that I carve out as part of my, my self-care and my self-love that I, that I do every day to, um, yeah, to really um, strengthen 
strengthen, you know, what I need to give to myself and then I can give to my clients. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. It's becoming, you know, um, again, living to those values and creating those kind of non-negotiables for yourself. And again, I guess that is kind of forming boundaries, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I hope that we have given you some really, I guess, practical tools to, to think about and, you know, if, if one really called out to you, um, try it and try implementing it. And like yeah. Em and I have said, it's very much a, a journey and, and having that uh, self-compassion. But if there's any takeaway from, from my self-love journey is really getting to know first who you are. And yeah. for me, uh, this is, and that's why I believe it is a journey because it has taken me so many years to understand myself and to get to know myself. And once you get to that point, it, it is so, so much easier. Like once I understood who I was and who I wasn't and who I was trying to be and how that wasn't really me, that is when everything became in ease and flow. And so this is what I love about Vedic astrology and what it's really empowered me with is to understand on a soul level um, my strengths and my weaknesses and yeah that has been really empowering to me so I do encourage you to you know create that space to connect to yourself and that could be like a journaling practice or a meditation in in any type of form just sitting in nature and giving yourself some um, time to just connect with your higher self is yeah. is the biggest key for me. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that really any of the ways, you know, and, and the tips that we've spoken about on how to cultivate self-love today are allowing you to connect to your yourself and your purpose so much better anyway. So I think that yeah, that self-respect, that self-care, self-compassion, self-awareness, self-acceptance, they are all so closely linked. And I think with all of those, that is where self-love comes from, ultimately. Yes, I love that. Yeah, amazing. So we would love to know uh, what your biggest takeaway from the episode was. Please let us know. And yes onto Instagram or into our free Witches Being Witches community group on Facebook. Um, And yeah, join in the conversation with us. Yeah. And if you've loved this episode, please subscribe so you can be notified when our next episode is out. Yeah. And don't forget to leave us five stars. Bye fellow witch. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Health is the new wealth and kindness is a new call. We'll see you next episode.